Welcome back, everyone. Um, we are on episode three now, kind of moving along. I hope that you guys really enjoyed episode two um, so far. Honestly, I think both episodes that are out right now are my favorites. Um, they both have really great messages. I hope that you guys did the assignment for number two and made that list of what's really important to you. I know I did, um, and I've constantly reminded myself every morning since then um, to make sure I don't focus on anything else or I guess put a bunch of energy into anything else and it's really been helping me um, so hopefully you guys did that um, like I said always DM me your thoughts on whatever social media platform you want um, I love hearing your guys's thoughts I actually had a couple people message me um, in this past week with just how they felt about I think episode one and two and it's been really nice to talk to you guys about your take on it and what went through your heads when you listened. I love it. Um, I love talking about it. I love getting different points of view. So please always feel free to do that. But um, one small thing I wanted to put in here before we get into the, the topic for today is I just want you guys to know early on that um, in a lot of my episodes and my shows, you might hear me stutter. <laughs> you might hear me skip over some words. You might hear me I don't know, have my moments of just thought before I say the next thing. And you're never going, It's my shows are never meant to be perfect. And I purposely don't make them perfect. I don't edit every little thing out. I don't do all that because for me, nobody's perfect and I don't ever want to try to be, nor do I want to give that perception like I'm trying to be or I am. Um, with my shows, it's just real, real content, real things, real thoughts, um, just laying down how I really feel about all of these topics and some of the things that I say in my shows they weren't a lot of them actually weren't rehearsed um, I might have notes written down but a lot of it I just get really tested in it and I don't feel the need to edit it out I just I just go with it you know and um, I like that when you listen it's almost like you can have a conversation with me or like I'm having a conversation with you um, and it's just very real time it's just natural so I, I never want to ever come across like I'm trying to make anything perfect. It's all just me, um, genuine and real. And that's just what I based this show off of from the very beginning, even when I was doing my lives. And it's going to always be that way. Um, so I just wanted to put that in there um, for anybody who who was ever wondering or, you know, maybe not even wondering, just kind of wanted to let you guys know that that it's never going to be uh, perfect. I don't want it to be. Um, I think that that's a false representation of what you're trying to do. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to put that in there. So the topic for today um, in this episode is going to be about sensory overload. Um, it is a phrase and a word. Well, I'm going to call it a phrase because it's more than one word. It's a phrase that I just recently heard a couple of weeks ago. I guess I read it first um, on Facebook, just kind of scrolling through my timeline and I was super interested when I seen it. I'm like, what does that mean? Like whenever I see things, and I don't really know what they mean. I definitely go into like super research mode because I love learning and I love understanding things. So I was kind of reading through the comments and just reading what people were saying. And um, they basically were um, comparing it to when people continuously want to call you or reach out and you just don't pick up the phone or you don't want to talk right now. And just trying to respect that some people... Um, just need that time to recharge and, and need that time to not be so accessible um, because it just creates a lot of anxiety. And I was like, wow, you know, is that what that's called? Is is that sensory overload? So 
I had looked it up. Uh, obviously, that's just what I do when I don't understand things <laughs> or I don't I want the true definition. And it's it basically really is that that's just an example. But the definition is pretty much just feeling a bunch of different emotions at one time or being, um, I guess, uh, susceptible to a bunch of different feelings at one time. And it's it kind of gets out of control. And it's basically an overload, an overload of emotions and feelings. And it gets a little bit uncontrollable um, and it creates anxiety. Um, it creates nervousness, it creates worry, um, stress on the body um, in an emotional standpoint and mental, probably physical and everything under the sun. So um, it was super interesting when I read it. And so obviously it just took me on this mental journey of thinking about all of it, of anxiety, sensory overload, of why so many people nowadays have anxiety. I mean, I've literally heard Almost everybody I've met in the past year that's new or even just people in my life um, that they have anxiety that they never used to when they were younger, but now they do. And I'm just like, why is that? Why do so many people have anxiety? Like, where is that coming from? And so obviously it took me on a journey of just thinking. And I'm like, well, I think a lot of people who have newfound anxiety, I think it came from just COVID and the lockdown and being pretty much indoors or away from uh, physical social interaction with people for almost a year and pretty much engaging them to have solely virtual interaction, virtual um, socialization and being stuck in a virtual world for a whole year and not really being able to engage socially with too many people. I mean, obviously, you've had your you had your people who were still meeting up, who were still hanging out, but a large part of the world was not. They were staying in their homes, only around their families or by themselves. Um, You know, with the social distancing, you weren't talking to people. You weren't even physically near people. And all you really could do was talk through your phones and FaceTime and text and phone calls or video chats or through your computer. Everything was through technology. It was not in person. And so I definitely think that that is a big reason why anybody in this past year who has newfound anxiety or who has found that when the lockdown was released and it was lifted, And having to go back out in person, it kind of instilled a lot of anxiety and fear and worry into a lot of people. A lot of people. I mean, I experienced it for a brief second. Like, oh my gosh, like I have to interact with people all over again. Because I mean, a year is a long time. And having to live in a virtual world uh, for a year, that's a long time. I I know sometimes in our normal daily lives that a year can go by quick. But having to operate in that manner... And taking physical interaction away for so long, you almost kind of forget how to. <laughs> and when you get back and you're, you're put back into that world, it can be it, it can feel so stressful. It can feel so cumbersome. It can feel so anxiety filled because you didn't have to release that much energy for a very long time. And now being put back into that world and having to engage in uh, social interaction with people at work, with your friends, with going out to events, with being invited to weddings and gatherings and everything under the sun, it's a lot. It makes you extremely tired anymore. Um, And I think that a lot of people can agree with that. Like after being out for a day, you need like the next three days to recharge at this point. And I think that's insane, but it's because you didn't have to for so long and now they're throwing you back out there. So Um, Once I read that and I kind of thought into it and I got to that point, then it made me think about, obviously, a lot of people did have anxiety before COVID and anybody who had it pre-COVID had it 10 times worse after COVID. 
And so it made me dive deeper into another thought. And I'm like, you know, I've always been one of those people who's been kind of to myself. You know, I'm kind of quiet if you don't know me. I can be outgoing when I'm around people I'm comfortable with, of course. But I've never been somebody who socially engages with people um, every single day for hours at a time. I'm just not that kind of person. And it's because I would like in college, I would have days where we would just, you know, go to gatherings all day. And then the next day, I just wanted to be by myself to recharge because I'm just like, ugh, I was around people all day. I was talking to people all day. I'm tired. I need to recharge. And um, that kind of started for me in high school as well. Obviously, I've been quiet, a quieter person my whole life, but the recharging didn't really start to happen until high school. And the correlation that I found with, and you see how my mind works. So my mind took me from just seeing that one phrase to kind of figuring all that out and then took me back to when the recharging started for me. And then that took me even deeper into the rabbit hole of my mind and how it works and I'm like okay what made that start in high school for me and what I realized is this and I don't think that a lot of people ever stop to think about this and obviously with everything I talk about it doesn't um it's not going to resonate with everyone and it, it doesn't have to agree with everyone every you know everybody's different but I think a large amount of people can agree with me on this and just hear me out when we were younger what is the one thing that we didn't have? We didn't have phones. And even when we started to have phones in middle school, for most of us, they were just to simply call. That's all you did. Texting was not a thing, really. It was to call. That's it. That's all the phone was for. And so in middle school and elementary school, you would go to school in the morning, you know, 7, 30, 8 o'clock. You'd get out at like two thirty-three, depending on, you know, what school you went to, even elementary school or middle school. And throughout the day, you would engage with your teachers, with your classmates. Okay, cool. You you play with your friends. And then when you left for the day, what did you do? You went home and you chilled with your family. Maybe you went outside and played for, you know, a couple of hours with your friends. But there was always that time where all your parents most likely would tell you to come in the house. And you would stop engaging with people for the day. And that was usually, you know, for most people around 7 or 8, I'm sure, or before. And for the rest of the night, you were just doing you you were playing with your toys you were maybe playing a video game you were chilling most likely and you were only around your family and then the next day you'd wake up and you start all over again but do you guys remember the pure excitement you would have going to school and getting to see your friends and your teachers or maybe just your friends if you didn't like your teachers but the pure excitement you would get because you were going to school and you're going to be around people anybody remember that because I do I loved school, not really for the work until I got a little older, but to play with my friends. I I looked forward to it every single day. And I think that I've figured out the difference here of why that changed so much as we got older. And I'm sorry, but the main culprit is phones and what they put in them that became so entertaining that it became more entertaining than engaging with actual people. And it, it took away from the excitement of that anymore. And so think about in your early stages of high school when phones became more of a thing because texting became more of a thing. And I think that actually started maybe towards the end of middle school, maybe eighth grade and into ninth grade, but definitely 10th and beyond for me. Um, when texting became a thing, texting was the start of it. It engaged you in your phone a lot more than you normally would be um, because it started taking away all that physical interaction and you could just text it. Why not? It was easier. And once that started to happen, 
you are only engaging with people all day. You are now engaging through your phone all day as well. From the beginning when you wake up to when you go to sleep. You'd have that phone in your hand. You'd have it in your hand through school. So think about it. You weren't just engaging with people during the day. You were adding the phone in there too. And then when you stopped engaging with people after 2.30, 3 o'clock, or maybe you had, you know, maybe you had sports practice or something and, and you stopped engaging with people around 5 or 6, the rest of the day wasn't just your chill time anymore, away from all that. It was filled with that phone until you went to sleep. And then you wake up and you do it all over again. And that's literally what we've been doing since then. But here's the other kicker. And again, you guys are probably going to think I hate social media. I don't. It's just a culprit in a lot of things that I talk about. They added in Facebook, MySpace, all those things. And, and truth be told, MySpace came about before, you know, putting social media on the phones and before iPhones really became a thing. And so that engrossed us into a, in a, into a um, computer screen even more, too. So if you weren't texting on your phone, you were trying to log into somebody's computer, whether it was at the library, at school or at a friend's house or at your own house, trying to get on AOL, trying to get on MySpace. So they were starting to pull your engagement more and more with those things into a screen. And whether you want to believe it or not, that takes a lot of energy. It it is mentally draining. You just don't see it because it's so normal to us now. But once they created iPhones and they put all that social media on there, from there until now, we are 24-7 engaging in some type of social interaction whether it's virtual or physical, all day long. I don't think anybody has ever sat back and really thought about that. And if you have, kudos to you. I hope you've started to make some of the changes because you don't think that that is a big reason why we feel the need to recharge so much now versus when we were younger and why we don't really have any more excitement when we have to go out in public and be around people and engage with them all day and why it's so tiring. You don't think that that took some of the excitement away. Why would you be excited to go see a bunch of people or have to engage with people all day when you do it already? You just don't realize that you are. When you're scrolling through Facebook, through Twitter, through Snapchat, through Instagram, you're engaging. You're engaging with people when you're texting, when you're FaceTiming, you're engaging all day long. All day long. So why would you be excited? And also, in a virtual world, You don't have to, you know, get yourself all done up. You don't have to worry about your physical appearance so much. And I also am going to put this in there because I think a lot of us went through it is during COVID, a lot of us kind of put on a little bit of COVID weight. And so we didn't have to care about our appearance as much. You know, we just didn't. We weren't around people all day, so it didn't matter. A lot of us were doing Zoom calls in pajamas. I know I was. So when it was time to come back out, we weren't ready. I wasn't ready. (laughs) I was not ready. And I think that with your physical that sometimes creates a lot of anxiety too because it's coming from an insecurity. And I don't think a lot of people correlated that either. That definitely tied into it. But the recharging, I definitely think started to happen more as we got older because of the phones and because we were socially engaging 24-7 all of a sudden. And our bodies and our minds are not meant to handle all of that. And, and honestly, I'll, I'll ask you this. Do we really need to recharge? Is that the right word? Even though, yes, what I'm about to say, it might be the kind of the same thing. But do we really need to recharge or are we just tired? Do we just need to rest? Does your mind, your physical, your mental, your spiritual, your emotional, do they just need rest from being accessible 24-7? 
we had a natural recharge when we were younger. A natural one. When we were done engaging for the day, you went home. You had your own part of your life that had nothing to do with engaging in a phone, in social media, and with other people outside of your family, outside of the norm. We had a natural recharge back then. We don't have that anymore. There is not one part of your day where you are usually not engaging in some type of way socially. If you've already instilled this in your life and you, you know, you take time away from your phone every day, then congratulations. Good for you. But a lot of people don't. And I think that a big thing, too, is we have become so used to engaging on our phones when we're bored, when anxiety sets in, when we're nervous. And when we're out in public, it becomes a habit to do all those things that, in my opinion, we forgot how to properly socially engage and we've stopped engaging a hundred percent even when we are out and i don't know i hope that doesn't go over a lot of people's heads but think about it when you're out anymore what do you see when you look around just i I challenge you when you're out say you go out to eat just look around what do you see everybody is on their phones everyone and you're out This is where you're supposed to be physically, socially engaging. And you are still in your phone. Not saying you're not socially engaging. I mean, you can, I guess, be on your phone and still talk to somebody, but you're not 100% present. No, you're not. That's why when I was younger, I would get an attitude when people would be like, get off your phone, that's rude. Get off your phone, that's rude. I need your undivided attention. When teachers would tell me that, and I would get so bent out of shape, like, what are you talking about? I can hear you, I'm listening. But truth be told, now that I'm older, it is rude. It is rude because the fact of the matter is if I'm talking to you and we're out getting something to eat and you're on your phone, you are not 100% present in that conversation no matter what you say. You are not because you're, there's a part of you, there's a percentage of you right now that is engaged in that phone the entire time we're talking. Now think about this. You're engaging with me and you're also engaging in your phone. You don't think that that is being overstimulated you don't think that we as a as a generation are consistently overstimulated all day with how much engagement we have between just physical social and a virtual social we are completely overstimulated and you don't think that has something to do with being drained and tired all the time and needing to recharge and you don't think that when we're out and about because we've been living in such a virtual world our whole lives that when we're out and about and we're stuck in our phones you we've forgotten we have forgotten as people how to be present how to be present in a conversation how to be present when we are socially interacting with people out and about in a physical manner we don't even know how to do it anymore there's not one time where you're sitting with people and you don't see them whip out their phones it happens Every second of the day and every single day, we have totally forgotten (laughs) how to engage 100% when we're out in a physical manner and we are not 100% present anymore. And to kind of wrap that, you know, thought process up, I think that that is exactly why when we have to be 100% present, when it's forced, say, you know, you're going to a wedding or You go to an event and you kind of have to talk to people. Say you're hosting the event and you have to talk to people and it's only for a few hours. That is a big reason, in my opinion, 
why it seems so tiring is because you are never actually being 100% present in a large part of your life. So when you have to be, it seems like a lot because you don't realize on a normal daily basis, you never actually are. Being present has become a job in our generation. And I think that's so sad. I literally have to tell myself every morning, I have to set an intention that I'm going to be present in every conversation that I have because it's literally a job now for us. And it's a job because we have been programmed and we have learned to give more energy to a world that doesn't even matter and that's not real. And we've been given less energy to the one that actually does. When you're out and about and you see people on dates or you see people spending time with their families or their grandmothers or their grand grandfathers or their children, even mom and dads with their kids, I see it all the time, you are in your phone. You are giving so much more energy to a world that's not even real and to a world that doesn't matter and so much less to the one that actually does. And it's so sad and it is so crazy to me. It's like being out and being, you know, physically social with people isn't enough for us. We have become so accustomed to being so overstimulated that in the slightest chance that something might seem, you know, not so in, not requiring so much engagement or keeping you so stimulated, we think we're bored. We think it's boring. We think that person's boring. Like you ever been out and you see people hanging out and, you know, both of them are just on their phones the whole time or one of them is. It, it, it basically is telling that person, like, you're not stimulating me enough. So I need to, to wrap my phone into this, too. And it's because we're so used to being overstimulated that being bored is so not OK anymore. Just chilling. People don't know how. Just sitting down and doing nothing. People don't know how. Because we are so used to always having something to do always being so stimulated that we don't have time to be bored we don't have time to do nothing it's like it's a virus nobody wants to catch it nobody wants to feel like they're not being stimulated in some way shape or form and do you understand how unhealthy that is and what's crazy and what the catch to all of this is 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 to be a generation that wants to always be stimulated and in the slightest chance that Maybe you aren't being so stimulated in a moment and you claim that you're bored all of a sudden, even though you probably really aren't. It's the same generation who's saying that you're filled with anxiety and you need to recharge all the time. Uh, that's probably because you need to stop being so stimulated all the time. It's okay to just sit back, get off your phone and do nothing or just go sit on the porch, go outside, go for a walk, do something that's not requiring all that engagement and social interaction. It's just crazy to me that the same generation that claims that they always are drained physically and emotionally and mentally and that claim they always have to recharge and their social meters ran out is the same generation who, most of them, not everybody, who can't stand being bored. When you don't realize that that bored feeling and, and trying to stay away from it comes from always being stimulated because you're always engaging in social activities all day long. And I think that most people don't even know where to start with this and how to correct it or even take the baby steps to correct it because and I just heard this phrase a few weeks ago as well and I'm not it's not an offensive way but I laughed 
because I'm like, what in the hell is that? FOMO. Anybody heard of that? Anybody heard of that phrase? I had no idea that was a phrase. I thought you just, it was a thing you said, like fear of missing out. Y'all didn't turn it into a phrase. I can't keep up. I can't keep up. So I heard that phrase and I'm like, you know, that's a big reason why a lot of people, even listening to this, it's going to be really hard for you to implement this into your life because we have, and it's been programmed in us as well ever since the start of these phones and the social media, we have a fear of missing out, a fear of being off of Snapchat for a day or two because I need to know what's going on. I need to know what, what happened with this person and that person and I'm going to miss it because the stories are only up for a day and I don't even know what went on today. Or if I stay off of Facebook and I missed a whole day and I get back on and well, what happened? What's going on? I missed out. It's a constant fear that we've put into ourselves that we're missing out on something. And here's the weird part. Missing out on what? I mean, yes, I understand that we get a lot of our news now through social media. I get it. But fear of truly missing out on what? Because the news, in the news, you can go look at any time you want to. And it doesn't have to be on social media and it's going to still be there. It's the fear of missing out on other people's lives and what they are doing. Why does that matter? What is the obsession with fearing of missing out about what somebody else is doing? When we were younger, did you know what people were doing all day? No. And did you care? No. You would normally catch up with that person and talk about it in person when you seen them. You didn't have to be accessible and have it right in front of your face all day long. So what are we really fearing of missing out on? What is it? It's because it's become a habit and a routine. And as soon as you stay off social media for a day or even some hours, because I've had it happen to me. I I had a day where I wasn't around my phone the whole day. And when I finally got on there, I'm like, man, I feel like I didn't miss out on the whole day. That is not good that we feel that way. And what's crazy is they've programmed us to think that when you're off your phone for a long period of time, you're losing touch with with, with the day. You're losing touch with reality. But in actuality, you were more in touch with the day and you were more in touch with reality being off of your phone. Do you see how unhealthy our minds are when it comes to this stuff anymore? You're going to struggle with trying to put your phone down for even a couple of hours because you're gonna, you have the fear of missing out on somebody else's lives and what, uh, what everybody else is doing. And because they've programmed you to think that you're losing touch with the day and losing touch with reality when you're not around your phone. That that phone is life. That is insane. And I challenge anybody listening to this to please, 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 please try to start correcting that thought now. That is not true. And is it okay? It is okay to put your phone down. It is healthy to put your phone down. I understand we have jobs. I understand that people have their own businesses that they're starting and you do have to have your phone accessible to you. But after a certain time every day, you should be able to put that phone on do not disturb. You shouldn't have to be accessible 24 seven. Nobody should expect that even from a business. You have to start learning to curve out. Sorry. Carve out some time each day, some hours leading up until bed, in my opinion, where it's just for you, where you stop socially engaging. 
Start bringing back that vibe we had when we were little, where after 7 or 8 o'clock, we weren't engaging with people or socially engaging in any manner anymore for the rest of the day. And we'll just start in the morning and just see after implementing that just a little bit, even a couple of hours every single day. Just see over time after two or three weeks or a month how you start to feel when you wake up in the morning. I bet you anything you'll start to feel refreshed. You'll start to actually probably become more excited to engage with people on a daily basis or at least not dread it so much. And I bet you anything when you do have to go out and be present and physically, socially engage with people, you won't feel as drained and as tired because you're limiting how much you're engaging outside of that. I bet you anything it won't feel as bad. And I also bet you anything you won't feel the need to take days to recharge anymore because you're putting that recharge in every little part of your day in some kind of way. Stop trying to create days to do that and start putting it in your every day, even for a few hours. I promise you, you're not missing out on anything. What you are missing out on is your actual life. What actually matters, the people in your life who are right in front of you, that's what you're missing out on. Whether you're a parent with your children or your children to a parent, whether you're in school, whether you're out and about at an event, you're actually missing out on the things that do matter. All for the things that don't. So your fear of missing out shouldn't be with that phone. It should be with your life. Because a lot of the time, I bet you anything, after a whole day, some people can't even remember what they engaged in that day when it was physical because you really weren't even present. That is not okay. So if you're going to put a bunch of energy into things moving forward in a social manner, I challenge you to do it in a physical way, in the real world. Start making baby steps at pulling away from that virtual world so much and away from your phone. Try to adjust your routine. If I were to give some advice for anybody who's like, well, that's really hard. I just feel like I'm addicted to my phone, which most people are. I mean, even if you are listening to this right now, are you touching your phone? Is your phone on you in some kind of way? When I talk to people, I literally notice that like they're holding their phones or they're touching it in some manner. It is scary how addicted we are to our phones. But what I would tell you is I challenge you to adjust your routine a little. Try to take a few hours a day. Just start implementing even an hour a day, even 30 minutes where you're off your phone. And then bump up to an hour, bump up to two, three. And like I said, I understand nine to five, eight to five through, throughout the day. It's hard to uh, not have your phone around you, but you don't have to be on it the whole time. But implement a couple hours every day or lead, a, you know, work your way up to it where you're not on your phone. Especially leading up until bed, I bet you'll get a lot better sleep, a, a lot better quality sleep if you do that. People who have their own businesses, if if a lot of your business is kind of, you know, taking orders online or taking phone calls, I still challenge you to adjust your schedule. Any normal business, whether it's big or small, it's okay to give a 24 to 48 hour timeline to respond to people. And in your day, you can group out a couple hours where you choose to respond to everybody and then get off. Even for people who don't have businesses, get on social media for what you need it for and then get off. Use it. Don't let it use you. You don't have to scroll. You don't have to totally engage. You can get on there and do what you need to do and get off. 
for me, a lot of my, my advertising for my podcast, a lot of what I do, yeah, it's through a screen. It's through, it's through my phone. But I get on and I post everything and I get off. I'll choose a couple hours a day or maybe an hour to respond to people about things and then I get off. That's how I've started to implement staying off of my phone. And then around 8 or 9 o'clock, I might do my last little bit of scrolling and then I'm off of it. Turn some music on and I'm good. So I just challenge you to just start taking baby steps. And also, I want to put this in there because I don't want this to be misconstrued in, in this episode. I totally get that throughout all of this, you still may be somebody who's always had anxiety and who gets nervous about being around large groups of people. I totally get it. Like I said, this, what everything that I'm saying isn't going to apply to everyone. But even with you, it is supposed to be a healthy thing in life to interact with people. Whether that's just your group of people or your family. It doesn't have to be large groups. You don't have to go in large groups. I'm not telling you you have to. But don't look at that as a negative. And I challenge you to start making little baby steps at going to, to more things. Even in small groups first. Start in small groups and only go for an hour or two. When you guys go out, you don't have to go and be there for hours. You can go for an hour or two and leave. But I still encourage you to have some social and physical interaction. It's healthy for the body and for the mind. But I do understand people who just have natural anxiety and it wasn't from COVID and none of these things that I'm saying are going to really apply to you. I totally get it. And also what I'll add is for the people out there who don't respect other people's time. And what I mean by that is, is kind of how I started this episode about feeling like you have accessibility to somebody 24-7. It is one of my biggest pet peeves and something that I talk about all the time. It is disrespectful and annoying and rude to think that you have accessibility to somebody all day long that you can call them and they're supposed to answer every single time that when you text them they're supposed to text back right away or even in that day if it wasn't an emergency and you were just calling to call texting to text that person doesn't have to respond to you right away I don't care if you see them on social media or not I don't care if you know what they're doing or not you're not really supposed to. That's the weird part about this world. We just know too much about each other, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Stop expecting people, especially if it's not a business thing. Stop expecting people to re- respond right away or answer every phone call. If somebody needs their time and space, especially with implementing this in their day and stepping away from their phones, they're not going to answer all the time. They don't have to. They don't have to respond right away. It's insane that you think that they do. When I call my friends, it's okay if they don't answer. I know that they're probably busy or they're taking time for themselves and they'll call me back when they can. It is rude. Stop doing that. Have respect for other people's time. I know that this world will make you think that people are supposed to be accessible 24-7. Or if you see me post a picture on Snapchat and you texted me, well, dang, you can't text back. No, I don't feel like it right now. I wanted to post a picture and go about my day. I'll text you later. Do you guys not understand how obsessive and rude that is? Mind your business. People will get back with you when they feel like it, when they can. This world and the social media world and having that accessibility and interaction 24-7 has made people have an unhealthy expectation of somebody else's time. And we think that we are entitled to it. And that's insane. You are not entitled to anybody else's time. If they want to give it to you, then that's great. But we're not entitled to it. 
And I just wanted to throw that in there and kind of, you know, make sure I said that. But, you know, I totally understand having natural anxiety and having that pre-COVID. And I understand um, just getting nervous about being around people and having to engage. And I understand getting upset when somebody keeps blowing you up and you just don't want to talk. You just don't want to text back. I understand. And so for those people, like I said, I just encourage you to just take baby steps at trying to be engaged more in a physical way. And also do, you know, like I was saying for everybody else and stepping away from your phone more. I bet you anything you will find that if you take more time away from engaging so much every day, especially in a virtual world, you might actually be more excited to physically engage with people. Because when we were younger, we were so excited to go to school and see our friends. We were so excited to hang with our friends. Hell, most of us were with our friends all the time. Even on the weekends, when it was our time to be to ourselves, we chose to be with our friends in a physical way because we weren't being socially engaged in something else to drain us not to want to be. So I just want to challenge you guys to try to implement those things because you might find that it takes you back there and it puts you back in a healthier space. And I hope it does. I know for me, it definitely does. I get really excited to be around my friends now when, I'm at, when I actually am because I am not on my phone 24-7. So that is uh, my rant today on uh, sensory overload and just having anxiety and social interactions and everything else. And I hope that you guys were able to take something from this, even just a little bit. Um, and I hope it can help some of you um, or just be a good thing to listen to every day when you need it or whenever you need it. Um, I will see you guys in a couple of weeks. I'll be back with episode four. Um, but thank you so much for listening. As always, thank you for just engaging and for letting me know your thoughts on things. I appreciate it so very much. And I hope you guys have a great start to your week.